<laughs> All right. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of FileMaker Talk. It's just myself today, Matt Petrowski. My co-host, Matt Navarre, is out on assignment. He is actually in L.A. working on a project. I texted him, but he said, sorry, dude, I am just too busy. But regardless, I wanted to uh, do an episode for you today just because I felt like talking about themes, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. It just so happens that I was recently working on a theme project, and I thought to myself, you know, I've heard some of the other podcasts out there, and they were recently, I was actually, I think the FileMaker Success, uh, well, there's only three of them in our whole small little niche category, but it was the FileMaker Success Tips podcast. They were talking about themes and how um, they just didn't feel like they were getting enough with themes. And I wasn't necessarily going to address what they were talking about with regards to themes, but I was going to talk about my understanding of themes. I've done a lot of work. I have a product called the Theme uh, Studio, and I use that to design my own themes. I do custom design. And I figured, hey, let's go over some of the things that people may not know about themes, starting with talking about how it all works, when the transition happened, and why that transition happened. So jumping back to FileMaker version 12, that's when we got our transition, or there was a big jump from FileMaker 11 to FileMaker 12, and it uh, took advantage of this new theming engine. Now, initially when themes were introduced, there was a small collection of themes, and the first thing you need to know about themes is that any from the point in time that a theme is designed, it has a limited lifespan. It has a shelf life. And that theme will become no longer, it, will, it won't be desirable anymore. Uh, same thing applies to your designs, anything that you create. It's like fashion. Whatever the current trend is, somebody new is going to say, here, here's what the new stuff is. In our industry, Apple has a lot to say with regards to that. Obviously, if they create a new iOS or a new Mac OS, or if Windows creates a new theme, Windows has a very much of a squarish, blocky look. Um, you can see that on Xbox, you can see that in Windows 10, and I believe uh, Windows 8 is when that started on the Windows side. And on the Mac side, you've got a lot of things that used to have the, the nice 3D look, and that went to the very flat uh, look with, uh, there were fewer muted colors, now there's many more vibrant colors in terms of their, ac uh, their accent colors. So for example, a button, whatever the primary button is, they would start to use more vibrant, more saturated colors as opposed to more muted ones. If you remember iOS from a little way back, the uh, the always had that blue color that Apple's always like to use, blues and purples or light shades of within that range. But whatever the trend is, that's what's going to make your design look old. And so we're always doing these redesigns when it comes to the design. So in that transition period from 11 to 12, FileMaker had taken on an initiative that they were going to revise or overhaul instant web publishing, and they were going to adopt some standards. Now, of course, I have no idea where it came from inside FileMaker to make this decision, but they fortunately made the good decision to use CSS as their model for how they are going to render their layouts. Now, of course, as a FileMaker user developer, you know that you cannot access this CSS directly. FileMaker does not expose it Yet their decision for doing so behind the scenes was because they were creating this new technology at the time of 12 
called WebDirect. And so now we have WebDirect and we see the result of that. We have a very high fidelity in terms of you design your layout and then it does almost an exact replication on a web browser. Now, when we go from web browser to web browser, we obviously have different rendering engines, uh, specifically when you go from IE over to WebKit used in Safari. And those rendering engines have to take into account how they are to interpret this CSS. Now, the CSS is also used on the client side of FileMaker, but the rendering of that CSS does not use a web engine. In other words, they're not using the Safari WebKit, or I believe Mozilla had their own engine, Gecko, or whatever, they're not using a web engine to then translate that CSS in order to render it on the FileMaker screen. So my understanding is they are interpreting the CSS that they're using. They chose to use CSS as their standard, and then they're going to expose that through the tools that we have access to. And the tool that we have access to is obviously the inspector tool. Now, there's a lot of things in CSS that are available that FileMaker simply has not exposed, and they are definitely taking advantage of all of the different standards that have been specified within CSS. So what I mean by this is the inspector tool only exposes the amount of control over CSS that FileMaker has decided to give us control over. But that is not the full extent of control that you have if you are able and willing to actually access and modify the CSS. So that's where what I did is when I created my uh, Theme Studio tool, or uh, the, yeah, Theme Studio, I basically said to myself, well, if FileMaker has these settings that are simply not available to us within the inspector, and they are adhering to CSS standards, I want to have access to all of the minute details. I want to be able to control things and set them in certain ways because FileMaker is certainly going to be taking advantage of that, primarily because they want their web direct to basically do and represent everything the same way that it would if a web developer was going to design it themselves. So therefore, certain settings that are not available in the specter, inspector that you can control and modify allow you to do some really cool things. So some FileMaker developers consider this to be sort of like a uh, you're hacking FileMaker. My personal opinion is you are not hacking FileMaker. You are simply taking advantage of the standard that they had chosen to take advantage of in terms of implementing FileMaker. Do they reserve the right to change it on us? Sure, they do. Are they going to go ahead and try to violate or bypass some of the CSS standards, especially if they're trying to be pure in terms of their fidelity with a web direct presentation? No, it would, it would be absolutely crazy for them to do that, to say, well, when it comes to uh, image positioning, instead of using the word right and left, we're going to use some other new words within CSS. They're not going to do that. Uh, if they did, they would be crazy to do so. So, for example, one of my best examples that I like is I recently did a design, and one of the things that uh, I wanted to do is I wanted to put the logo in the header area, or in this case, I'm working with FileMaker 14. And within FileMaker 14, we got those new top navigation and bottom navigation areas. Now, here's a, typically a FileMaker developer's approach would be thus. If I have the logo, the corporate entity that I want to integrate into my design, what I'm going to do is I'm going to simply put that image 
either directly into the layout. And that would happen by either going up to the, um, when you're in layout mode, you would go into, I forget which menu. I don't use the menus that much myself. I've got keys set and I'm looking in the menus here right now. Whatever it is, you're basically going to insert the image directly into the layout. And when you insert the image, that image, even though you copy it across multiple layouts, it exists only once in the file. So whenever you copy uh, from one FileMaker layout to another FileMaker layout, if it's an image, that image is not duplicated in terms of adding to the size of the file. If you want to run an experiment, you can simply go to your file, insert an image, create five new layouts, copy the image, and your file's, your file's not going to grow in size proportionally to the actual size of the image as reported by the operating system. You'll see that. So that's very efficient to FileMaker to do. But what we're not able to do is we're not, we now have to copy and paste this image. That's not part of our objective when we're trying to create an efficient FileMaker solution. We are, in effect, trying to take advantage of the tools that FileMaker gives us access to. So in this particular example, my goal was to put an image directly within one of the layout parts. Now, when FileMaker introduced the styles and the themes, they gave us a lot of capabilities in 12, but it really didn't start to pay off until they made changes within 13. So if you're still using FileMaker 12, the ability to put an image into a body part is great and all, but there was no way to make this flow to the rest of your FileMaker solution. I'm talking, oh, I mean the rest of all of the layouts. So we're envisioning this solution with 50 different layouts. So the goal is, with FileMaker 13, we have this ability now that when any object or layout part is selected, when you're looking at the inspector, the third tab is the appearance uh, tool. And if you haven't done a whole lot with FileMaker's themes and styles, the real big boon to development came in the form of this theme, this notion that we have a theme that we can apply. Now, the way that it works is this. FileMaker internally stores a catalog of all of the different CSS style sheets, and it does this on a per-layout basis. So every single layout can have a completely different and unique theme that it uses. Now, ultimately, your goal is to not necessarily just have one theme, but to have one base design and then potentially have multiple themes on that particular design. And this will hopefully make sense once I get through telling you this example. So my goal was I want to have the corporate logo or the identity in the header area of my FileMaker solution. I do not want to have to copy and paste a, gra a given graphic image to all of 50 different layouts nor do I want to create, say, for example, a rectangle object and then copy and paste that to 50 different layouts. Ultimately, I don't want to copy and paste. I simply just want to have the corporate identity in a particular place once and have it flow throughout my whole solution. So the solution to this particular problem for me was to simply select the body part. In this case, it was a FileMaker 14 top navigation part. If you're not using FileMaker 14, then it would be, let's say, for example, the header part. So what I did is, I, starting with whatever enlightened is the original theme that FileMaker starts with, I decided to instead, I, I always personally start with the minimalist theme. 
In fact, the best way to the the reason to do this is the minimalist theme. If you're going to do your own custom the, custom theme, has the smallest amount of CSS, and gives you the starting point in order to build upon for your own theme. So if you're already going to be changing the look of a button, changing the look of portals, and all the other layout objects. It's much easier to just choose the minimalist theme. And just for a little bit of history on that, the minimalist theme was uh, it was created as a result of all of these solutions being migrated up from FileMaker 11 and earlier into the new theming system in 12. And all of those previous solutions had whatever the base theme was for FileMaker 11, and they called it Classic. So every time that you go into a solution that was created pre FileMaker 12 and above, you're going to have a theme that's called Classic that was taken out at the point in time that FileMaker 14 was released. So you're not going to be able to find Classic anymore. It was revised and renamed to Minimalist. So typically in my FileMaker solutions where I'm creating a custom theme, I'm starting with the Minimalist theme. And what's really nice about that is when you go into the little color picker, if you select any object and select on any of the areas in the Appearance tab of the Inspector, select on a color, you will see that all of the slots where we can drag colors will be completely empty. They'll be blank and white. So knowing that I'm starting with the minimalist theme, I'm now going to start the process of creating my own theme, and I head up to the top navigation, or this body part. So with the body part selected, I can now go to the area just below in the appearance tab in this inspector where it says theme and style, and I'm going to choose a fill of an image. Now here's the trick. Remember I told you that FileMaker does not, uh, it doesn't expose all of the different features and functionality that CSS affords us. And we want to be able to take advantage of that. So yes, I'm hacking the actual CSS behind the scenes. The cool thing is to FileMaker's um, I forget what I'm trying to say here, but to their credit, that's what I'm trying to say, they actually have not removed, and if they ever did, boy, I wonder if I'd even stay with FileMaker if they did this. They have not removed the fact that any time that you copy and paste any FileMaker layout object stored on the clipboard are multiple different variations of how that particular item should be rendered. And this is also just an artifact of how the operating system works. When you copy something to the clipboard be it an image or a PDF or whatever, many uh, software programs take multiple different variations of what could potentially be on the clipboard. So for example, when you copy a FileMaker object onto the clipboard, FileMaker has its own definition of what should be stored on that clipboard. And it happens to be text in the format of XML that actually defines everything about that particular object. So if you copy a tab panel or if you copy a button to the clipboard, FileMaker has a place on the clipboard that says, okay, here's everything that defines what this object should look like if you were to paste it back into FileMaker. But along with that, there are other representations of that object that you've copied. You can see this because you can simply copy a FileMaker button you can go over to another graphics program, let's say Photoshop or Illustrator, or I use one called Acorn or Sketch or any other graphics program, and you can paste that. And what will happen is you will get the visual representation, many times either a JPEG or a PNG, of that copied object. 
So FileMaker is storing multiple representations of things on the clipboard from the point in time that you copy this. Now, they're probably gaining that advantage because it's something that the OS will do for them in many cases, given that the uh, APIs for the OS developers, they can say, okay, yeah, store a PNG or a JPEG, a graphic rasterized version of this object on the clipboard along with my definition. So knowing this, there are freely available plugins. Um, I know that I use per base elements. It gives you access to the clipboard. Um, I used to use, or I do use, I believe it's the 360 Works, uh, which takes advantage of Java. I believe theirs is the paid version where you need to pay $99 a year, but there are other freely available ones. I think Dracovention's has access to the clipboard for free, and there may be one other one. Base Elements for me is a very comprehensive plugin and gives you access to that. So the way that this works is Base Elements has a couple of functions built into them that deal specifically with getting and setting the clipboard. And when you get the clipboard and you get all of this text that's in an XML format, embedded within that is CSS. And if you go ahead and you take a look at the, uh, you download the free base elements plugin, you install it into FileMaker, works both Mac and Windows, and you decide to actually take a look at all of this CSS, all you're going to see in there is you're going to see uh, two different sets of characters, which are simply encoded so that uh, they it would normally be this super long string. Well, you can run a FileMaker substitute function and wrap it around it, one of them, I believe, is like the hash sign ampersand, ampersand 10, and that represents a, a paragraph return. And another one is a hash sign ampersand 09, and that represents a, a tab character. So all you have to do is replace those two characters, and then you'll be able to actually read the CSS from the clipboard in a very clear format. And obviously, all you're going to do now is you're going to paste whatever modifications you make to that CSS directly back into FileMaker. So long story short, here's the trick of how I get a corporate logo into the layout part of an actual FileMaker layout. What I do is I simply create a rectangle object. And the reason that I do this is the rectangle is a very simple object. I create the rectangle object I then go to the Appearance tab and I insert an image. Now when you create your image for your FileMaker design, you are going to create an image that is at a bare minimum 2x, and now if you're supporting the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus, uh, it may even be the 6 and the 6 Plus, you also, you, you're probably better off, best off doing a 3x. So in this case, I had my uh, graphic logo of my corporate entity in a my graphics program, I happened to use Sketch. I had it at the size that I was going to have the header at. So the header, or this uh, the body part, which is my top navigation, I've preset that that's going to be 100 pixels or 88 pixels. I need a 3x version, meaning three times that size, and that's what I'm going to export. So you either create your image at that size, so you either create the image at 300 pixels uh, high, or you have a program which will do it for you, which in my case, Sketch will. So I can design at the actual target resolution or the target height of 100, and then I can export it as a 3x. Now what this means is that now when you take it on a, a device with higher pixel density, such as a retina display, either a retina iMac, retina laptop, 
you name it, any of the iOS devices, it will now render correctly and it won't be blurry and fuzzy and pixelated. So with this rectangle object on my layout, I simply insert my image into that. Now here's where we get to the point where FileMaker only exposes, or in fact it doesn't even expose, when you insert an image into a rectangle object, it does not expose any type of positioning controls for that particular object. On top of that, FileMaker makes an arbitrary decision for you that, okay, if you're going to insert an image into this particular object, I'm going to simply turn the background color transparent. And you have no control over that background color unless you're willing to go into this CSS and modify it straight off of the clipboard. So that's exactly what I do. So once I've got this image inserted into my actual rectangle, I copy this image and then I go into the data viewer and then I put in a function, one of the base element functions that says get clipboard. And there's a companion function in there that says clipboard formats. And the base elements function of clipboard formats simply returns a return delimited list of all of the different formats that a particular object has been stored onto the clipboard. And the very first of that return delimited list is the FileMaker internal format. And it reads something like DYN period and a long string of numbers. It just happens to be the name of the internal FileMaker layout clipboard snippet format. So the whole of my function basically looks like a get clipboard and then the format comes from the get clipboard formats. So it's just two different base elements functions. Well, with that, within the data viewer, I take the results of that and I can go over and I also remember that substitute where I substitute out the paragraph return and the uh, tab character. I go and I paste that into uh, just a standard text editor and I can now read and see my CSS. Now within that CSS, you have all of the controls that CSS affords because again, FileMaker is supporting the CSS standard because of WebDirect. Are they going to abandon it somewhere in the future? Maybe, but hopefully not. What are some of those controls? Well, one of them in particular is the positioning of the background image, the very image that I just inserted into my FileMaker rectangle. So I take that rectangle object that I've copied from the clipboard or extracted from the clipboard, paste it into a text document, and all I do need to do is simply change one, actually change two of the different settings. One of them is the background image position, and it simply states the two different CSS attributes are centered and centered. This is the arbitrary decision that FileMaker has made that, oh, if you're going to insert an image into a FileMaker object, you always want it to be centered and centered. Now, when I inserted the image, I also chose, uh, FileMaker has a number of options that you're probably familiar with. They have scale to fit, scale to fill, slice, and tile. FileMaker defaults to tile. And we, I rarely, if ever, want to uh, tile things unless I want a pattern within that particular layout object. But I choose the scale to fit, which maintains the proportions, and it's that centered and centered setting on the positioning value, CSS value, that I want to change. Now the whole kicker here is, if you have made a modification to an object in a FileMaker layout, no matter what you touch within the inspector, you've made what's called a local modification. And within all of this CSS, which is just text, 
you will see a, a tag, a set of tags, which reads local CSS. So the whole key is here, any CSS modifications that you need, are going to make prior to pasting back into FileMaker simply need to be made within local CSS. If you change them within the full CSS, they won't be applied when you paste back into FileMaker. But anything done within local CSS to any of the valid CSS attributes allows you to make the changes that you want. So I change centered centered on the background position to left and centered. That's it. All I have to do is change one word from centered to the word left. So now I have a left aligned image according to the CSS and there's only one other change that I needed to make. FileMaker, again, one of their arbitrary decisions was, oh, if you're going to insert an image, you want to make the background transparent. Well, in my case, the image itself had a background color. So that's no problem. All I need to do is get that background color. And on the Macintosh, there's a really convenient tool. It's within Utilities. It's on every Macintosh on Windows. You've got a lot of different color picker tools. It's basically just a tool that allows you to sample from the screen. So what I do is I sample from the screen the color of the background of the image, which in my case was just a dark purple. It will tell me the RGB values that I need to use. And again, to FileMaker's credit, their implementation of CSS, they tend to store all of their CSS color values in RGBA with percentage values. You'll see that if you take a look at the CSS. But you can also put in just standard RGB and you can put in hex values and internally their parser, when you paste back into FileMaker, will actually convert that to the RGBA uh, percentage values. So FileMaker did a brilliant job of implementing their own translation of CSS to the rendering of what they're putting up on layouts. So they're doing the conversions, they're doing everything for you. You could use standard CSS, which makes it so wonderful. So I basically just put in, in the CSS tag value that is the background color, the same color of the background of the image that I want. So once I've made those two changes, I mean, we're I, this is, you know, I'm going talking a long time here to explain this scenario, but that's because I want you to understand that these things that are going on behind the scenes is what allows us to take advantage of the tools that FileMaker have put in, primarily theming and styles, that makes it so easy for us to manage our solutions. They just haven't exposed some of the features that would make it easier for us. So once I've made these two changes, I've changed the uh, positioning of the back of the image itself, and I've also changed the background color to be the color that I need it to be. I'm now ready to get this back onto the clipboard in the FileMaker format so that I can actually see it. Now the way that you do this is the reverse of how we got it off using the Base Elements plugin or some of the other plugins out there. I simply need to have this into a field. So this is super easy. You just create a, an empty FileMaker file and you create one field called XML. All of these changes you've made into a text editor, you create a new record within that file and then you paste all of this XML back into the field. I mean, this is the core of what the tweak tool does within the Theme Studio. Theme Studio makes it a little bit easier to work with the, uh, the text to do this because it does it uh, for you. But again, you can use these free plugins to do this. 
once you've got it in the field in your FileMaker database, you now just use the reverse function, which we already know what the format is because we got the format from the get clipboard formats function that base elements actually provides for us. All we do is we're going to do the inverse and we are going to set the clipboard to the contents of our field plus our modifications. Now remember originally what we had done all of these modifications into was a standard rectangle object. So now when you paste this back, so you've run the function in your new FileMaker file where you pasted the modifications you made to this XML, uh, making the changes to the CSS directly. You are now pasting this object back into your FileMaker layout, and this FileMaker object is a rectangle. But the cool thing about this rectangle is this rectangle now has your image, and it is not centered. It's set to scale to fit. It is no longer centered. It's now left aligned, so it's going to be on the left side of this particular rectangle. And the background color that you have set matches the background color of your image. Perfect. Everything is exactly how we want. The last remaining steps is already in FileMaker for you. So with this rectangle object selected, I select it, and then within the Appearance tab, you have this little button next to the style and the, uh, the different states. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to select this little button that if you hover over them, it's a one with an arrow pointing up and another one with an arrow pointing down. And the arrow pointing up says, copy the object's style is the tooltip in this particular situation. So I select the object, I click the up arrow, I've now copied the style. What do you think I do then? Well, I just simply select my top navigation part and I now paste it. Now that I've pasted this, all I have to do is go to the little theme, which just above the actual style within the appearance tab, you'll see these little red triangles. And a red triangle simply means that it has local edits made to that particular style or to that particular theme. So now I just go up to the red triangle next to where it would read theme, which if I started with the minimalist, it would now have the little, it have the, the theme name of minimalist, the little red triangle. I just choose the little red triangle and I say, save as new theme. And that new theme, I'm simply going to name to my theme, whatever it is, you know, my company theme logo. Now, in this case, the reason that I say I call it logo is because I know down the road that I'm not going to want every one of my layouts to always integrate the logo. But I do want the theme that I'm creating to be able to use some of the same styles. So unfortunately, how CSS normally works, where we would be able to cascade and, and define some base standards, we can't share those styles across theme uh, layouts that use different themes. So typically I'm designing a theme that integrates a logo into one of the layout parts first and then de uh, designing or simply saving that same theme as another theme less the logo. So this allows me, I, you always have to choose one theme as your starter theme and then you're going to want to branch off of that. The problem is once you create your branch off of that for example, I save this same theme that I just created as another theme. So my first theme is my company theme logo, and the other one is going to be called my company theme. At the point in time that I create that branch or that split, 
any changes that I make to one or the other, I now have to make in both places. I can't merge the differences. So there's a shortcoming here with this particular uh, model that I use here, but I, again, have not figured out anything that I can do in order to uh, change or help this out. With the logo theme, I can now go across, let's say, 40 of my layouts where the company does want the logo to be integrated, but for the other 10 layouts out of my out of my 50 layout solution, I simply want the logo list theme. And there's a couple of different ways if you want to use just one main theme so that all changes that you make to it can be used across all solutions. If it's not too much hassle, sometimes what I'll do is rather than creating two different themes with intended shared and common styles, I will simply just use like a rectangle and cover over the actual logo that's in the header. If I know that I only have to do that for 10 themes, the benefit to me is to have just one theme because any changes that I make to any of the styles in that one theme will simply apply and flow throughout the whole solution. So here's the great thing about this whole uh, scenario that I've just explained to you. Because styles and themes are pervasive throughout a whole solution, when you save and update a theme, every single layout that uses this theme that has my corporate logo now in a body part means that when I change this logo, and if I change this logo, I only have to do it once on one layout, save that theme, and it flows throughout my whole solution. I am not jumping across 50 different layouts, copying and pasting, a logo 50 different times. I want FileMaker to do the work for me. I just happen to know that FileMaker has not exposed some of the things that I would love for them to expose within the inspector, such as being able to position background images and giving me control over being able to specify and control the background color even though I insert an image into a FileMaker layout object. And of course, that's what this podcast has been about. I am letting you know that these things are in your control. These quote-unquote hacks are not actually hacks, will not break FileMaker, and are completely legitimate changes because of the mere fact that if you didn't already know this, FileMaker, their base themes, there are the themes that you have access to within FileMaker. When you're looking at your layout in layout mode, and you simply either right-click on somewhere outside of the layout and choose Change Theme or choose it from the menu. When you are choosing one of the themes, FileMaker itself, its own themes, are using CSS attributes and settings, or properties is what they're called, that you cannot set yourself within fields. One of them in particular, for example, is within the Appearance tab in the Advanced Graphic. Do this. Choose a touch theme and then go into that touch theme and then start to resize the font on a field. Start to make it larger or smaller. You can do that with the Command, Shift, and Greater Than, Less Than keys, and you'll make the font uh, larger. Now, as you do, watch what happens within the padding area of the advanced graphic within the appearance tab in the inspector. What you will notice is that the actual values will change. They will increase or they will get smaller as you decrease. That's because behind the scenes, FileMaker's original themes have been set to use padding sizes in what are known as EM values. 
And these EM values actually scale proportionally to the size of the font. So in other words, as the size of the font gets larger, the padding on either side of the text within that field increases or decreases depending on how you, uh, what direction you go in. Well, FileMaker is taking advantage of that in order to help designers out, but the very second that you actually modify a padding value, if you explicitly change a padding value on one of FileMaker's default themes that goes from using EMs, it then changes it to a fixed value of points. For example, if I change it uh, from the point in time that I change it, if I put in the number 10 on the left padding, I have now explicitly changed it to using a fixed value, and no longer can I ever get those EM values back because FileMaker has not exposed our ability to specify what are the units that I'm actually using for the padding. Am I using points or am I using EM values? So all throughout FileMaker's themes, they are using attributes and settings of CSS that you simply do not have access to and have not been exposed in the inspector. Does that mean that they're going to ignore them? No, it definitely does not. And I think I've proven that throughout the course of this podcast. So hopefully over the course of time, because I know that the engineers are working on far more than just the um, layout surface and the design surface of the themes, I am convinced, without actually having talked to uh, the developers specifically about this, but I can pretty much well guess that they are intent on adding as many different controls as they can in order to give us the degree of control that we would like to have when we're designing our designs. So there you have it. There is uh, pretty much everything that I can think about in terms of what is available to you as a developer. It is accessed through a behind-the-scenes method. You have to be comfortable with using a plugin that will access the clipboard and making tweaks to the CSS. But if you are, you're not really breaking anything. You're not really hacking something that, sure, FileMaker can say, we reserve the right to change uh, the standards that we use, and that is if, if, of course, they were to get off of CSS. But are they going to change the CSS standards? No, they can't. There's no possible way. They don't control that governing body that defines CSS as a standard, and if they're going to choose to use it, then they are beholden to all of the settings that CSS applies. So in my opinion, we're not actually hacking FileMaker. We are simply taking advantage of what FileMaker has implemented, yet not exposed. So... Of course, there will be other things in there that you will find. You will see all kinds of different objects that they are using. Each object has an inner object, and then there are some special FileMaker settings. Of course, if you're going to go and play around and change those, then maybe things may get wonky in the future. But for the most part, there are things that you can do. For example, one of my more favorite tweaks that you can make is FileMaker has a setting that allows you to control the distance between tabs in a tab panel. It is a FileMaker-specific setting, not one controlled by CSS, but it's simply not exposed within the inspector. I've taken advantage of that myself because there are times that I would like to have 10 whole points in between each actual representation of a tab. You make a change on that, and it works perfectly, and it works within the layouts, and I'm completely comfortable knowing that if I was to go from FileMaker 14 to FileMaker 15 or 16 or whatever future version there is, then no big deal. If they change things and that breaks, 
I have a span of time in order to make or reverse out the tweaks that I've done and actually accommodate whatever changes they make. For the time being, I'm going to take advantage of the features that are there that are simply hidden behind the scenes. So if you like this type of information, the information that I've just provided you with about working within the, the layout mode, there is all kinds of this type of information that I provide on a weekly basis through my online offering ISO FileMaker magazine. I've been providing content just like this for a very long time, and I guarantee that you will find at least a minimum amount of value on a monthly basis that will save you hours and hours of development time. And the cost of that subscription only comes out to be about $11 per month. All totaled, we're talking about less than the average hourly rate for a FileMaker developer. So this is the type of information that I like to bring you. It's what I like to provide you with. It is available via a subscription over at my uh, online magazine. You'll find that at FileMakerMagazine.com. I'd like to say that's who has sponsored this particular episode. It is the support of others who are my subscribers, who have enjoyed the content that I've been providing for over two decades now. They are allowing me to create this type of content, this podcast, and getting this type of information out to you. Also, if you feel like it, if you like our podcast, you like it when Matt Navarre and myself get on, we start jabbering about all kinds of different things, different uh, ways to approach things within FileMaker, head on over to iTunes, either in the iTunes application or directly online and give us a review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. We love to hear from you. And as always, you can send your suggestion, you can send your question, you can send your feedback to matt at filemakertalk.com and we can discuss whatever you have to say and do it right here on the podcast. So I hope this episode finds you in good spirits about working with FileMaker, in particular layouts. And as always, like I say in my magazine, much luck and happy filemaking. making. 